Hey, this is Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Ariel's Podcast, now part of the Digitent family of podcasts. How's it going, guys? Thanks so much for being here. And today we have Brooke Cates, owner slash creator slash queen of the Bloom Method, which is an app and a methodology for prenatal and postpartum um, exercise and training. So uh, she has been at it in this uh, perinatal space for over a decade. Uh, she is so informative. She knows so much about this. And I ask her questions about, you know, our population, uh, stuff that will really, really um, be targeted towards you. All right, guys, let's get started. I'm Brooke Cates. And um, as Carrie mentioned, I'm the founder and CEO of The Bloom Method. And I'm also a mom of a four-year-old little boy named Levin, and I'm a partner, and I'm a sister and a daughter in all the ways that we show up in the world. Um, and I try to rise to the occasion, right, to all of those ways. Um, but with the Bloom Method, you know, my story with the Bloom Method is very different than the average woman who does the work that I do. And what I mean by that is working with pre- and postnatal women. A large percentage of those women will say, well, I experienced pregnancy and I had, I experienced all this dysfunction or these issues came up against these, um, you know, roadblocks and it inspired me to do this work. My story is quite different. Um, my work found me. I did not find this work. I was 30 in my early 30s and started to get these downloads of like, how women deserved more. Um, this all really, every, all the work that we do at the Blue Method really comes from a deep desire and passion to empower women and to redefine the common fear based narratives that we are often given around movement, exercise, childbirth, pregnancy, motherhood, all the things. My gift happens to be and my main passion around movement and exercise. So that is what the Blue Method is. But it came online for me and I was like, wait, what? I am pretty far away from wanting my own children. Why is this coming up for me? And instead of questioning it, I was curious and I leaned into it. And so that started this unraveling of this passion that I was actually pretty surprised um, that I had. So I actually worked with pre and postnatal women one-on-one -on -one in the beginning, um, have always been niche from a personal training space, um, never worked with anyone outside the pre and postnatal realm. I've never had a desire to, and um, did that for seven years before ever getting pregnant myself. Within that seven years, I also developed um, the roadmap or the methodology that makes up the Bloom Method. Um, took my one-on-one -on -one concepts of the method, turned it into a group, a more of a group fitness, group fitness with intention, I like to call it, because I have a lot of like um, things that I don't love would be the nice and soft way to say that about the fitness industry um, and what they've done to just movement in general and the expectations they place on us um, as individuals. But I took that and, and really just wanted to make it more accessible for women. And not everyone can financially afford or have the time for a personal trainer. And there was this loud demand in my ears of please turn this into group fitness. So it took me two years to do it because I was very intentional with how I was going to do it, turned it into group fitness, and then opened up a brick and mortar studio in Boulder, Colorado that was pre and postnatal specific. And then in that same year, decided to give, um, to get pregnant as well as turn it into a step further, which is our online platform, which is now our app, Studio Bloom. Um, and that's where this all kind of came from, um, something that came online for me and I leaned into it. And it's so very needed. So I love that your podcast is so niched because I really feel that there is so much power that we can have and so much change that we can um, share with others when we really niche out and find out, find what we're really passionate about. So I love that, Carrie. Uh, you know, I, I laugh because like, I don't know if you could niche down more than I've niched down. Yeah, it's pretty niche, girl. <laughs> it's pretty niche. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it, you know, it hits the spot for so many 
you know, of the, you know, of, of the ladies who are, who are, it's, it's literally for them. Um, okay. So I have a million questions, but here's where I'm going to start your method. So I'm actually a personal trainer too. And I also have, uh, I wouldn't say I also, because you have a passion for it that I don't, I don't like, I, I have my personal training education and I just, I just could not with the muggle gym. I talk about it all the time. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't. And also because side note, like I met my ex-husband working at Equinox. Like mm-hmm. I, uh, I was at the Pilates studio and he was like the personal trainer and, and I've, I've been scarred from the muggle gym ever since, but <laughs> I, I hear that. That's like, is that like the main muggle gym of all muggle gyms? Is yeah. <laughs> they do have nice smelling things though. It's very, it's, it, they have nice lavender. There's something for everyone, right? They have like cucumber can- water. It's great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I will not be going there anymore, but that's just my, my, my trauma. So <laughs> I want to ask you about your actual method. So so before going into the specific specifics of diastasis recti or any of those things, I do want to talk to you about. Um, if we start in the prenatal space, um, can you talk a little bit about your method of the actual exercises and the um, uh, just kind of the the approach that you take for yeah. first, second, third trimester? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm going to take the lens. I think a little more, um, a little smaller, but also wider because it it encompasses more. So when I was developing this quote unquote methodology, um, I've been doing this for about nine, 10 years. So it's, it's interesting where we sit and talk about this right now, because as I was developing it, it was very much a method that utilized uh, breathing techniques, diaphragmatic breathing being kind of like the very first level thing. And then we would, then we taught how you could take that breath and actually turn it into this intentionally based contraction that would help you learn how to both contract the pelvic floor and TVA, as well as relax the pelvic floor and TVA. So we turned the concept of diaphragmatic breathing into an actual technique or exercise. And then I just kind of played on that more. And let me elaborate. So as I was working with one-on-one women, I was working with everyone from women who were trying to conceive to prenatal, postnatal, brand new postnatal, all the way up to a more veteran mom who had just never rehabbed her core and pelvic floor. Maybe she had gone back to what she loved to do postpartum, but was having this slew of issues because she had never rebuilt that foundation. And the picture I'm trying to paint here is that I was working with everyone and there truly is no one size fits all approach or a group of exercises that you can just give to people. I mean, my goodness, wouldn't it be amazing if there was, but there isn't to say this will address your pelvic floor hypo, you know, your hypotonic pelvic floor. This will address your hypertonic, your prolapse, your diastasis. Have fun. Do these 10 exercises for 10 minutes a day. Come see me in, you know, to six months. Um, but that isn't the case. And that might not ever be the case because we are all so unique. As you know, depending on how we choose and love to move our bodies, our bodies and our structures start to adapt to that movement. Um, and then pregnancy and postpartum throws it all into another another realm and space. But one thing that I wanted to do early on in my work was make it easier for women. And again, this all comes back to this I understand very overused word of empowerment, but it is so true. Um, and it's women come to me and they still, to this day, there's a lot of education that has to be done, but they come and they go, okay, I'm trying to conceive. What do I need to do? Okay. Now I'm pregnant and in my first trimester, what do I need to do? And so on. And they're expecting this, this, it's like this whole new area of information or all of these new exercises or way to move their body that they need to do in each stage of let's call all of that motherhood or the journey to motherhood. And I wanted to simplify it. I just thought, my God, don't we feel so bogged down? Aren't we busy enough with the world around us and everything that we want to do and the ways we show up? Like, Let's just simplify this. So I kind of looked at it as like a prescription, if you are a movement prescription. 
And I found with working with these one-on-one women of all types, all desired ways of moving their body, that if we can hone it down to about five or six foundational techniques that, again, started with that diaphragmatic breath and kind of progressed upon that and then adapted those techniques, those foundational techniques to however you wanted to move your body, it was like this magic sauce that made everyone have these light bulbs of like, oh my God, I can apply this to rock climbing. I can apply this to aerial dance, like movement. I can apply this to running or hiking or CrossFit. Yes. Like it, it made women feel seen and it made pregnancy and postpartum feel less heavy. Mm. And I felt that from them. So without going into the exacts of the methodology, it was really more about these pillars of understanding what was changing in the body, what we needed to stay focused on or pay attention to in our own individual bodies, and then adapting to that. So a lot of it has to do with intra-abdominal pressure. Um, I did listen to your um, podcast with Dr. Sarah Duvall because I love her. Um, Awesome. I, I think we've been in this realm for about the same time. So my training isn't her program, but I refer so many PTs to her because she's phenomenal. Um, and so I know you talked a lot about intra-abdominal pressure, so we don't have to go into that. But a lot of it is as simple as if women could understand how the pressure management system works in the body, how that shifts throughout pregnancy and how it's never going to be one size for everyone. Everyone's pressure management system is different, but how you can tap into that in your own body and then adjust. So I don't believe in like getting rid of exercises because nine times out of 10, if you love a movement you're doing, there is a scaled back version of that movement that you can still do while giving more awareness to that intra-abdominal pressure to make sure that your pressure management system is in a space that supports where you are in every moment of your pregnancy and postpartum journey. Mm. Does that make sense to sum it up that way? Yeah. With, with the, I didn't realize that you had a brick and mortar. We closed it. Well, right. What you had, yeah. you had it. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, what was that like having, having that? And, and actually, because you were, you were working with people one-on-one for a long time. And then when you had the brick and mortar, it was group. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that? What was that like, uh, actually working with the, with the group in, in person with the different, because I'm sure people would be in different, different stages of the pregnancies. Oh yeah. Um, so it was beautiful and so wonderful from a community perspective and the energy of being able to, uh, you know, guide women in a class and really like see some of the women like really push themselves in a safe way and really like be embodied. Like it was so powerful And then it was so frustrating. I'm like, if I have to tell you one more time to please listen to my cue and you guys are all just like completely not in your body. I don't even know if you're in this classroom right now. And again, that is like some of the qualms I have with group fitness. Like how many times have you gone to a group fitness class in your life? And you're like, I don't even think the instructor cares if we're here. Like they're just like shooting out. Like sometimes they don't even give you like cues of like tapping into your body, really being in your body. It's just like, you know, push harder, sweat more, go harder. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) So it was for me as a personal trainer that works with pre and postnatal women. And I am so form and functional movement. Like that's my background. Um, You know, like if we know that there's an issue happening, like a, a pattern, a movement pattern happening And we come in and we just say, oh, whatever, we'll address the pattern, but just keep working out the same. It's like, well, no, we're just continuing to reinforce that pattern. So from that kind of like mindset, it was a little frustrating at times, but I learned so much. Um, I also learned that owning a very niched brick and mortar fitness studio, even though I was the only brick and mortar fitness studio that did what I did and like 
a 200 mile radius. And, you know, Denver is 30 minutes south of Boulder. So we had tons of people that would come up from, from Denver as well, but it was tricky. I mean, these moms like owning, having an app and getting feedback of like, we want this, we want that. And being able to curate programs and curate content. And these women can show up whenever they want, regardless of how their baby's, you know, schedule changes or how they have a second baby. And now, well, your 10 o'clock class doesn't work for me anymore. Oh, you need yeah, like a shit show and beautiful all at the same time. And I would never do it again. Let's go. (laughs) That's what what I was going to ask. Are you going to open up another studio where you are right now? Um, No. Yes. Yeah. That. (laughs) If I really think about that, that could be really hard because I I don't own a studio myself. Uh, My wonderful friend, Rachel Bowman, she's, she's the person I, it's an aerial studio and I work for her and, and, uh, and we don't even work with necessarily moms and, and it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Just, it's really hard. And um, I know there's a lot of women here that are also um, I'm going to I'm going to go with this really quick and tangent into the business side, because I know there's a lot of women who are very curious about that. We have a, a friend of mine also, uh, Jill Franklin. She owns Aero Physique, which is in our business, probably the the biggest business, the biggest business. Um what has been your experience doing doing the online business and making a business out of your passion? It has been it's been everything, Carrie. Um, everything and and you know there have been there's been so much teaching within it for me to learn to soften i am i know i'm 41 years old i know myself i am a very strong force of a woman and when i choose to show up in the world in a way and share a gift i can be very stubborn and hard-headed and like this is my gift this is how i want to share it and when you choose to go online and you know lucky for us at this point you know post 2020, kind of everyone and their mom has an online studio, but lucky for us, we, we were some of the, um, we were the first ever pre and postnatal fitness studio concept where we have tons of ways to move in our, uh, virtual app because that's what we do. I'm not going to just tell you to just do strength training because not everyone wants to do strength training. I want to empower you to move your body the way that you want to move your body. Um, so we've been in the game for a long time and I'm also pretty brazen in like, I state things, I educate in ways that there are other people in my space, other professionals that don't love the way, like, for example, that we teach about diastasis recti because there aren't studies that talk about the ways and that support the ways that we talk about diastasis. Um, so I've always been like very strong headed in how I was going to share the information and going online when you have thousands upon thousands of global women on your app, giving you feedback, telling you what they want and how they want it. I have learned to soften into that and to say to myself, okay, for example, I don't agree with trimester-based training for pregnancy. I feel that it puts women in a box and it makes them feel, I'm going to go with the word trapped just because I'm, I'm not coming up with a better word. There are better words for that though. Like, I think it can make a population of women feel trapped and like secluded in well, you're in your second trimester, so move your body this way. I think it's better to say, more empowering to say, here is an overarching concept of it's your second trimester or it's your third trimester. Let's think about practicing relaxing and lengthening the pelvic floor more. Continue to move the way you want to move, but let's address some things. Let's bring some awareness to your pelvis. Let's make sure you're not having pain. But this idea of having a one-size-fits-all per trimester, it really irritates me. And we have had people for the past five years, like, please do a trimester-based program. So this past year, I finally said, fine, you guys, I surrender. Here's my flag. I'll do what you want. And I just did it my way. So 
women can come in thinking that like every day is like the workout that they have to do. And it's really the way that we designed the program was like third, third trimester, for example, has more yoga. It has more softening. Um, the the first trimester is going to have more like in the early stages, more like traditional quote unquote traditional core work, because before your body changes, that core changes, we can still really strengthen the core from a general space until we need to tweak things. So I guess my, my answer in that is that I've learned to not be so hard-headed in my way is the only way and to listen to what the women who are choosing our app want. And like, how can I find this beautiful middle ground of me as the specialist, knowing that I, I want to change the common narrative and what these women are used to, because that's where all this stuff comes from. They, they think they need a trimester-based program because for years, that's all they've had access to. Like we were told for how long that pregnant women can just like, just pick up a five pound weight over there. You'll be fine. You know, like pick up that three pound weight and do your bicep curls. So there is like this relearning. And I think for me being so strong, I've learned to like soften into that um, and, and answer the call of like, what do they want and how can we myself at this point, myself and my, you know, 15, 16 coaches, how can all of us and our uniqueness and our passions around this really meet these women where they want to be met? Because that's something we tell them all the time throughout pregnancy and postpartum, like choose exercise and movements that meet you where you want to be met because it is, it is possible to do that. And when you can give yourself that grace, you actually get stronger, you heal yourself faster. Um, and so I, I have to take that my own verbiage and lesson in that, right. Um, from a business perspective. So I'd say that that has probably been like the most resistance. And then I've learned to give over time for sure. Oh my goodness. You could probably be an aerialist with your stubbornness. Gosh, girl, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's it's good and bad, right? It's not, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm stubborn too. You, you might be more than me. That's, that's, yeah. the ladies always want to hear about diastasis recti and uh, pelvic floor dysfunction. So uh, if you have any advice, um, knowing that we have a couple things happening in my, um, in my population. We have a bunch of butt, butt clenchers. We have a bunch of, uh, like super strong going into their labor. So we have some prolapse happening because too tight. Uh, so, you know, not, not the, not the regular population. Um, in my population also our biggest pain when we go to a physical therapy is shoulders. Lower back is not usually the issue, although we do have some lower back pain, but um, a population that really does use their core and upper body a lot, legs not necessarily as much. So that's those are the women that we're kind of dealing with. Yeah. Um, would it be fair to say, because in my mind, this is what I think, would it be fair to compare aerialists and the way that you guys, um, I don't want to say overuse the core, but have this tendency to be like so strong in your core. It's like, it's like a, a yogi that does in, insane inversions, right? Like you're, you are using your core, you are tapping into that core strength, but similar to like a gymnast, like that's how I, I would put yeah. you in a separate yeah. category. Yeah. 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 We don't, we don't train the lower body hardly as much as we need yeah. to. And even though cross training is really important always, like, you know, especially even me, I don't even have time. You know, because I teach like five days a week, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. gymnast yeah. is a good, good, uh, good comparison. Yeah, it's um, it it's interesting because one, I think from a a mental space, I want to just have a moment of I can really, while I can't relate to it because I I don't move my body in the same way, I can really understand how women in your profession um, can have so much awareness in their core because we, we know that because of what you do, go through pregnancy, lose aspects of that connection, no matter how connected you stay during pregnancy, yes. it changes. And then to have an increased risk 
of dysfunction, pelvic floor and core, and have to scale everything back to to regain where they were as an aerialist pre-pregnancy, like, first of all, you guys are so seen and your frustrations around that are totally understood because that's why I do what I do. We just want to move our bodies the way we want to move our bodies and be able to be mothers at the same time. And and motherhood should not rip that away from us. In fact, it's one thing that got me into this work. Um, I, I quote this often when people ask me this, but when I was like in my early 30s and kind of exploring this, I witnessed a woman say to another woman with her three-year-old daughter right beside us, right beside her, well, you know, I had to give up this body to have this. And I went, oh no, like one earmuffs for your child. She doesn't need to hear that. Two, wait, why is that our belief system? Why do we have to give up our bodies? Why do we have to give up the way we want to move our bodies because we chose motherhood? And often that is the narrative. Birth is hard. Motherhood's too heavy. It's too busy and stressful. We can't live anymore. We give up our lives. No. So I would go, you know, I would take all of that um, energy wrapped up in, from what I just said and say that <clears throat> I believe that preparing yourself for pregnancy, if you have the space to do that or the ability, because sometimes we're like, well, we're pregnant. Okay, let's do this. Um then great. I was able to, I, I have that experience because I developed this method seven years before getting pregnant with Levin. And applied all of the techniques that I was teaching to women that were already pregnant and postpartum for my pre-pregnancy body. And I will tell you that it made the world of a difference for me. Um, I don't think you need seven years. That's pretty excessive, but that's just my story. Um, and with that said, even if you don't do anything until you're in your second trimester, it's better than nothing. And your body is still going to gain from that. Now, people may be wondering, okay, Brooke, what, what am I doing? It's literally, I think it's really simple. It's managing that pressure system. It's coming back to management of the pressure system. And if you know that you have a tendency of being overactive, really tight, really strong in the core, clenching in the butt, Probably, um, I hate these blanket statements, but a lot of that butt clenching probably comes from being incredibly strong, let's say from the pelvic floor up, right, through the shoulders. You're so strong here. You maybe lack some functional strength in the lower body, and that butt is just clenching. Pelvic floor is really tight. It's pulling those glutes, and then everything kind of gets out of whack, Um I don't think it would be a bad thing for you guys to throw in some some lower body. I'm sure you guys do to some degree, but if you could bring that into your practice, especially in pregnancy, especially with your glutes, it will make a world of a difference. And I'm going to say two things. Seeing a pelvic floor PT, I'm a huge proponent in it. Our app has tons of pelvic floor movement flows and circuits that can help women get out of hypermobility or um, a, hyp a hypertonic pelvic floor or a hypotonic pelvic floor. But we don't ever want to treat these things blind. Right. As much as, as much as you can be like, I am so embodied. I know my body. The pelvic floor is complicated and it's really in there, right? So seeing a pelvic floor PT, even just one time at the beginning of your pregnancy, maybe at the end of your pregnancy, and then postpartum, if that's all you can manage to have someone confirm what is going on in the pelvic floor muscles, then you can treat it outside of that, of seeing a pelvic floor PT ongoing if you want. But it's really identifying what is going on with your body, and then we can address it. So for example, if you are really hypertonic, meaning there's a lot of tone in that pelvic floor, your TVA has a lot of tone, your obliques, your whole core probably holds a lot of tone to be able to do these incredible movements that you guys do in the silks. It's going to be about lengthening, which <laughs> I will tell you, there's this mental component to that. I'm sure you would agree to that, mm -hmm, Carrie, that mm -hmm. like, the last thing pregnant women want to do is go, well, 
I want to strengthen my core or maintain my strength during my pregnancy so I can get back in my silks or stay in my silks throughout pregnancy. I don't want to lengthen. And the way that I would talk about that with anyone is, but every other muscle in our body moves eccentrically and concentrically. Why should our core and pelvic floor be seen or done any different? And why should we think, or why do we think that if we lengthen and relax the core and pelvic floor, that that means that we're not going to have the strong functional core that, that we have. In fact, for most aerialists, if you can move beautifully in those silks and it turns out that you have an overtoned deep core, including that pelvic floor, how would you move if we brought more balance to that core? If we could remove that dysfunction and maintain the strength, you're, the truth is you're actually just going to get stronger. You're going to move better. So oftentimes, regardless of the movement that women love to do during pregnancy, I tell them, if you're willing to take a deep breath, to learn how to tap into your body a little differently, and then implement that, you will be stronger. Pregnancy will give you the gift of being stronger and moving better than you ever have moved before. And I will tell you, the majority, the the biggest roadblock is for my type A personalities who don't want to scale back because they don't be- they believe that scaling back is a sign of weakness or it will make them weak that is the biggest roadblock that we have and instead of just i think that can be also a great lesson in motherhood is almost like that level of surrender and also the dual like that dual curiosity like okay if i surrender into this a little bit and i say okay how can i maintain doing what I do on the silks, but maybe bringing in, bringing in these elements of, you know, breath work, different types of core work that lengthen the pelvic floor, relax the pelvic floor, as well as my TBA into what I'm doing. If I can just stay curious about that while surrendering, let's just see if I can actually be stronger. Um, I think if, if women would take that attitude more, it, it it really would be easier. I wish I had like a yeah well, a better I, response, but that it is true. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the struggle with a podcast because we don't have the luxury of details. We're talking to everyone. Yeah. At the same time, let's go to uh, postpartum. So cool. for uh, for postpartum, uh, a woman might have a separation. We all have a separation, but maybe they have a big one. Um, we have some. You know, just just talk about it. I, I feel like I feel like uh, anything specific doesn't really help. So for me to yeah. ask. So yeah, the postpartum for for my ladies who are uh, itching itching to get back to exercise. <laughs> yeah. So really quickly, what I would say about diastasis is at Bloom we talk about it differently. Again, it comes from this like let's rid the fear. From women. Um, I've worked with thousands of athletes and my more high level athletes are always terrified of diastasis. And there is this idea without even saying what I'm about to say, but there is this idea in women's minds that I like, I have to be broken after motherhood, an aspect of me requires to be broken to have my child. And oftentimes that comes in the fear of diastasis recti. And yes, it is true what you said. We all have a level of separation postpartum. But the kicker to this and what the average pre and postnatal person or specialist like myself is not telling women is that we've always had separation. We were born with separation. Look at your children. They all have a level of separation. The linea alba itself is the level of separation between the rectus abdominis muscles, those six-pack muscles. So, and because our bodies are all different, that separation is different. And then the way that we move and breathe and regulate our intra-abdominal pressure determines that level of separation and the uh, strength or lack of weakness 
of that linea alba. So diastasis recti is less about this separation that we've been taught for years, this gap, quote unquote, um, and more about, I think is more important is the depth because that's going to tell us even more than the width. The width is important, but the depth tells us more because that tells us the integrity of the linea alba. If you think about the linea alba being that like a rubber band, you want a taut rubber band because that's going to promote faster healing versus a really loose overused rubber band is like the linea alba that could be extremely weak. And that can happen, yes, due to subsequent pregnancies. A woman who's had five pregnancies could have less um, of a taut uh, linea alba than someone in their first pregnancy. But it also has to do a lot with intra-abdominal pressure. So I always want women to know that you can prevent what we call it bloom. We we kind of separate the concept of diastasis recti and we teach women that diastasis recti is common because all diastasis recti means is the separation of the rectus abdominis. Well, we are born with a separation. So we've always had a level of diastasis recti. And yes, pregnancy due to the growth of the belly and baby causes that separation to be wider during pregnancy and for that linea alba to stretch. But as most athletes know, our bodies are miraculous and our bodies wouldn't stretch if they weren't capable of coming back together and regenerating that tissue, which is that connective tissue, that linea alba. So it's really managing that intra-abdominal pressure because when you don't manage that pressure, it weakens that linea alba. Oh, it's like repetitive weakening over and over and over throughout nine plus months, even postpartum. So the more that you can not see doming and coning, the more that you can keep that from happening, strengthening your core with exercises where you yourself, your individual self at all different stages can manage the pressure, the less weakening you are causing to that linea alba. All to be said, the less likely you are to have what we call it bloom, injury-based diastasis. So there's this natural causing happening diastasis that everyone gets as pregnant. And then there's this more injury-based diastasis that women, you know, feel like they have this 14er mountain in front of them that they have to climb to rehab it. Um, so I just think that that is important that they're, that women know that if they want to prevent the injury from occurring, they actually have an increased chance of doing, they can do that if they take matters into their own hands. It takes a little bit of scaling and learning some new things. Um, so not everyone is going to have injury-based diastasis at all. Um, I've worked with enough women in first pregnancies through five pregnancies to know that none of that matters. It's, it, it all, it all is, a it is part of the, 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 the puzzle, but it doesn't mean that you're going to have injury-based diastasis. With that said, postpartum, I think one of the biggest things that we do that slows down your return to exercise, return to getting on your silk postpartum um, in a functional, healthy way that's going to support your body is that we wait six weeks. We wait a full six weeks or eight weeks, depending on when you can get in with your care provider to get that green light, right? So many of us are waiting on our doctor or our midwife to say, okay, I checked you out. It's been six weeks. You haven't done anything but walk around your house. Maybe you've gone on a couple of walks and now you're ready to go exercise. Well, let's take your audience. You said there's so many women in, in aerial dancing that it you're type A. That type A woman was just given the green light to get back on her silk and not think a thing about it. And then how long does it take for her to start going, wait, something's not right in my body because there is this lack of supporting women in the first six to eight weeks postpartum. And that I think is a really crucial piece. And I'm not telling women to push a baby out and to roll their yoga mat out the next day, grab a set of weights and let's go back to it. I actually um, had a home birth myself and believe very much in that really special container in those first few weeks postpartum for both baby and mom. And I do believe that rest is very important, but I also know that we are functional beings that 
sit down on a toilet, we stand up off a toilet. We recline either to nurse or breastfeed our children and we sit up in those early days. These are functional movements that change that cause our intra-abdominal pressure to change. So if for six weeks, we're just like reclining and sitting up, reclining and sitting up. Thoughtlessly. Exactly. We wonder why our core is the way it is. Maybe we, that didn't even happen in pregnancy. Maybe you did so many things to protect your linea alba during pregnancy, but then in postpartum, you didn't have the support you needed from a functional movement space. And that's when the damage occurred. So at Bloom, we have a six week, um, fourth trimester rehab is what we call it. And it's mobility, it's pelvic floor, it's everything. You don't spend uh, more than 35 minutes a day doing movement because it is, and it's very tailored cesarean mamas can do it. Vaginal birthing mamas can do it. We took everything into consideration um, because women deserve if from a blanket space, total blanket statement, if you took care of your body for six weeks, gentle movements, but also challenge yourself um, to a small degree and then got the green light from your doctor and went right back to doing whatever you wanted to do, you went to CrossFit, let's go that extreme, you're going to be a lot more prepared for that first time back than you ever would have been if you would, if you would have just rest, you know, like we hear that all the time, just rest. And, and that's never what we're given after a surgery. If you have, if you repair your ACL, you go home and you're doing, you know, PT exercises the next day. So why do we look at birth any differently is kind of, is, is our approach at Bloom. And I think, that's a big one. I, I, I wish women, and again, I also want to say there's no pressure. So when I say I want women to feel supported, I also want the woman to feel individually like, okay, I'm ready. And literally, it can look like your whole entire first two weeks. If you want to lay in bed for two weeks postpartum and you want to have that gentle of a holistic postpartum journey, do it. But why can't you sit? And diaphragmatically breathe and then go into what, you know, a minute of what we call belly pumps, where it's like you're reconnecting, gentle reconnecting with the pelvic floor and the deep core. And then you think about exhaling and engaging pelvic floor and core as you sit up from a reclined position. You're already doing these movements. We're just trying to get you to do it a little more intentionally. And I think if women would do that and knew that that was okay for them to do, their postpartum experience would be night and day, Carrie. I really do believe that. I I love this because it it is so nonsensical. I mean, that you get one appointment, you get a green light, and it's like from like surgery to like there's there's no rehab, there's nothing. It is mind blowing. Uh that and I know that's not their job. They're surgeons. Our doctors are surgeons. Absolutely. Right. It's not yeah. really their job. But then if that's the only guidance we're getting, so which, which is why this is so necessary, because yes, the diaphragm. Hey, <laughs> she's like, I am done. So, Brooke, I will probably ask to have you on again at some point to get more specific with one of these one of these topics. But if you if you could give my audience just just a piece of advice to close on um, getting back this, this piece about this piece about it's such a big deal. This emotional piece about us losing our, our um, vessel for what we do and, and our capacity for however long for me personally, I am three years postpartum and it has been a ride. It has not been a straight line of, getting better. I had a C-section, but even if I had the baby vaginally, like I still have trouble. Um, here's a good example. When she sits, when I'm laying down and she sits on my belly, it doesn't feel the same as it did before. You know, I feel like I can't, like I, I ask her to get off my belly, you know, because it doesn't feel like I had that. What? Oh, I know. So just keeping that in mind, like, it's just not exactly the same. And I have a lot of friends who are, you know, so, oh, I'm going to mute it. And you can, you can can go ahead and talk about, oh, you can go ahead and talk about that. 
Awesome. Yeah. You know, it is really tricky. I'm going to share a little bit about my experience because I think when we are vulnerable and we do that, it helps other women relate. Um, I have all of these tools in my toolbox. I know how to regulate pressure and tap into my core better than the average, even athlete. Um, my core control is impeccable. And I am the first in any workout to modify an exercise to a space where I can regather that incredible control versus allowing my ego to be like, but you could do this like crazy plank version pre-pregnancy and allow that ego to judge myself. So first of all, I think we, the fitness industry has opened the door to allow us to invite our ego into almost every way that we move our body. And at the end of the day, our bodies are just our vessel. We are more than our bodies. Like you said, our bodies are our vessel and we are very attached to them, especially women. I mean, we could have a whole other unpacking of that in another podcast about how we attach so much to our physical bodies, especially those of us that are athletes. And, and there's this whole reason behind it, um, many reasons, but you know, when I, so I gave birth at 38 years old. So I was a, a later mom and I remember that my postpartum experience was the most eye-opening thing. Pregnancy was a breeze for me. I know that's annoying for some women to hear. I, it's not that I didn't have aches and pains. I did. Um, and then I had symphysis pubis dysfunction at the end of my pregnancy, but I had tools. What I mean by my pregnancy was a breeze is that when things would come up, the tools that I had in my toolbox with you know the expertise that I have kind of solved those issues for me postpartum was a whole nother space. So I had a 22 hour home birth. Um, my baby boy, bless him. He had a huge head because I have a huge head. Thanks to my dad for that. And, um, I pushed for two hours. Now he crowned for two hours while I was pushing. So I will say that the tools in my toolbox and how I knew how to push effectively during birth and relax my pelvic floor and not push like I was pooping, which is what most women hear. I used those tools and came out of a two hour pushing and baby crowning experience with zero pelvic floor dysfunction, which is kind of unheard of. It's crazy. But my postpartum journey was tough. I mean, I'm tell I have a four year old and they're still like, yes, my core is really strong, but there are exercises or depending on when the core exercises come into play in my workout where I'm like, I'm doing my body a disservice. If I stay in this exercise, I can feel that I've, my core connection has shifted a little bit. I've lost it. So instead of letting my ego beat that, I'm just going to modify and go deeper into the core because we have to ask ourselves, why do we move our bodies the way we move our bodies? Why is it important for us to be strong? Is, is it to prove to other people that you can hold a 12 minute plank, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of because you're not working your core in a 12 minute plank. You're working your shoulders, right? So we have to release the ego. And then I think, and this is something I tell myself too. Motherhood is such a beautiful gift on so many realms. But when we talk about the challenges that it gives us from a feeling better in our body, not getting our body back because our bodies will never be the same. And that doesn't mean that they won't look similar. It means that we embarked on a new journey and had to work harder and di differently than we ever did pre-baby to achieve that a similar level of strength that we had pre-pregnancy. I think about that all the time. I think, well, I was so strong pre-pregnancy. Well, yeah, you had 38 years to do that, right? And then at 38 years old, I oft also will tell women that the later you are in pregnancy, I tend to believe that your postpartum body, it's a there is a little bit more of a disadvantage there versus a 23-year-old that had a, ba a baby. Um, but how beautiful is it that we can take that second opportunity, third, fourth, how many ever children we have, opportunities to regain this strength all while actually gaining a new level of strength, a new level of appreciation for our bodies because our bodies went through insane amounts of change. They grew 
and developed a human being. They carried that human being. We birthed that human being, regardless if you had a cesarean birth or a vaginal birth, both are births. C-sections are even more intense. And then we, we reclaim our sense of physical self through that journey. And I think we get caught up in our pre-pregnancy strength or what we looked like pre-pregnancy from a physical space, some of us as athletes and women. And it's like, why are we getting so caught up in this? Like literally anyone can achieve strength. Anyone can achieve a physique they want. You just have to have the determination and the willpower to do it. This is not rocket science. We're not like, you know, do you know what I mean by that? So it's what I'm trying to say is we need to have more grace with ourselves. Yes, the journey may be hard and it may be long and it may require us to take a back seat to, to ways that we used to train for a moment. But there's so much alchemy and beauty in that, that we can actually come out on the other side, look at our reflection in the mirror and go, damn, like you are a badass. I am so proud of you. And yeah, it was hard as shit in the mix. But the other side is so much more empowering than if we would never have taken the journey in the first place. Oh, my goodness. I I love this. And um, you're like, you're like, awesome. Oh, Brooke, Brooke is, our, is going to be our ne- new best friend. It's really good. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've made a lot of friends because of this podcast. Um, so I would love my audience to check out her app and I'll put all of it in the show notes. Um, wherever you guys are in your pregnancies or maybe you're well after. Um, but yeah, yeah. She's like, let's go Brooke. Yeah. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you. And if you would like at some point in the future, ha- co- have you come back and do a little bit of more specificity on one of, one of the topics that you are so knowledgeable in. I would love it. I love these conversations. I love talking all things empowerment of women. So I'm into it. And, you know, Carrie, if you um, send anyone to our app, if you guys check out the Bloom Method, I am happy to, you could put it in your show notes, but I'm happy to give you guys a discount. Just get you in, let you explore it, see if it works for you guys. So we'll get that set up for you. And uh, if you want to share it, you can share it. I would love that. Hey, do you want to say hi to Brooke? Hi. Hi. You sure are cute. Were you were you just drinking milk from mommy? No. Oh, I no, thought you no. I thought she was and I was like, oh my gosh, I miss that so much. I'm one of those weirdos. I never thought I would like breastfeeding and I loved it. Well, uh <laughs> that's well, I've been doing this podcast now for two and a half years, and she was definitely like on my boob. That's how I got her to of course to comply with yeah. with the hour. But uh I appreciate you. I know my audience is going to be really interested in what you have to say because this is like right up the right up the alley with these ladies all right thank you so much brooke for carving out the time to be with us today i learned so much speaking with you and i am sure that goes uh for my audience as well uh listeners go to the show notes to take advantage of that discount for the bloom method app Uh, thanks to asa watkins baby daddy sound engineer and if you would honor me with the five star rating and review please just smash that five star on your app leave me a sentence it means so 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 much and yeah thanks guys uh over and out we'll see you guys next time this is uh expecting your with digital oh,